0: Welcome to another podcast from the Royal College of Psychiatrists. My name is Raj Basord, and I'm a consultant psychiatrist based at the Bethlehem Royal and Morristing Hospitals in South London. Today, we're talking to Dr. Gerard Levy. Uh, he and Michael King have published a very interesting paper in the August edition of the British Journal of Psychiatry, and the title of which is The Devil is in the Detail Partnerships Between Psychiatry and Faith Based Organizations. Gerard Levy is Assistant Director of Research and Development at the Barnet, Enfield and Haringey Mental Health NHS Trust and has an honorary senior lectureship at the Department of Mental Health Sciences, University College London. So, first of all, Gerard, let's start by asking why did you write this paper? Why is this subject important? The subject,
1: well, uh, let me begin from about 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago. Uh, we had finished a study on first-onset psychosis in Haringey, North London. Uh, It was was an uh, epidemiological study, and we looked at pathways into care. And from our interviews, we found something like 12 to 15% of patients and their carers had approached uh, religious organizations, clergy, to, to in one way or another, to help with whatever problems that they were experiencing. in some cases, people were very unsure what it was they were experiencing. Other people had a very definite idea that it had some kind of supernatural element. Um, at the same time that we did this study, we also did a kind of uh, community case control study. And we were interested in people's supernatural beliefs. And very high proportion uh, of people from black and ethnic minority. Uh, communities uh, had beliefs in the supernatural and witchcraft and possession. And it seemed to fit with the kind of story that the patients and their relatives were telling us about what caused their illness. So it got me interested in what was the response of clergy? What was the response of the faith-based organizations? How do they uh, negotiate these very difficult uh, phenomena? Do they refer on to psychiatric services? Do they try to deal with it themselves in a spiritual way? And so from there, uh, I devised a qualitative study, and I interviewed something like 32 uh, ministers of religion from Jewish, Muslim, and Christian backgrounds, and asked them about their explanatory models of mental illness and about their... Connection with psychiatric services and their willingness to collaborate with with such
0: services. What did you find?
1: Uh, Well, there was a range of number. There was a number of things. First of all, clergy had very ambivalent beliefs uh, about the supernatural in some of the religious groups, uh, and others had much more definite, uh, definitive ideas about uh, supernatural. Uh, beliefs and how it relates to to mental illness. Um, interestingly, I, I think uh, a number of people from the a number of clergy from the mainstream faiths were find dealing with mentally ill people very difficult. Um, they they held many of the kind of stereotype beliefs that you would find in the lay, the lay population. You know, they, for instance, they find them threatening. Um, and on occasion, you know, that was backed up by experiences of violence within the community. They find themselves very exposed. And I think some of the interesting part about it was the kind of dissonance between their own sort of uh, religious desire to help people, but at the same time to try to be quite self-protective about it. Um, and that again, that was more true within... In the uh, mainstream clergy, among Catholics and uh, Anglican ministers, who who had a kind of open door policy, so they constructed, you know, their response in quite different ways. Amongst Pentecostal ministers, you find that uh, their ministry is much more about bringing people into the churches and thus dealing with uh, whatever afflicts them, and that could be around poverty, deprivation, it could be about drug use. So that was very much part of their recruitment strategy um, to deal with some of these important issues. So in a sense, they, they kind of relished it. Um, there were, there was um, an awful lot more issues to be dealt with, but it's it's quite, I mean, being a qualitative study, it's quite sort of difficult to put it into a few words or, you know, I define it down into a, a couple of uh, variables but
0: what's interesting about what you're saying to me is the um, idea that many people um, within psychiatry perhaps who um, don't themselves have a, a formal faith um, which is that there seems to be a wide variety of reactions to mental illness depending on the faith-based organization that you're part mm-hmm. of or the religion it's, there's no one uniform approach that's exactly right um, and so in fact the we can quite extreme differences mm-hmm. in attitudes to mental illness. Yes. For instance,
1: uh, if you speak to clergy from uh, an orthodox Jewish background, uh, they will have a great reluctance to be involved in psychiatry because they find psychiatry has been pathologizing to religion and quite wary of becoming involved in it. Uh, Interestingly, I assumed that Pentecostal ministers would reject psychiatry completely and would see a supernatural dimension to everything. And in, to some extent, they do see a, a supernatural dimension to everything. This is the way the world is constructed. It's their ontological vision. But at the same time, they very much want to be involved with psychiatry because they see that psychiatry or they perceive psychiatry to be um, failing because they underdiagnose possession states, and therefore a number of them would welcome the chance to be involved in uh, hospital work and dealing with uh, psychiatric patients.
0: Now, let's talk about the title of your, of your paper in the British Journal of Psychiatry, The Devil is in the Details partnerships between psychiatry and faith-based organizations. So what do you mean by the devil is in the detail? What are you trying to get at within your paper? Yes. Where I'm coming
1: from on, on uh, you know, I suppose it's quite a provocative title in some sense. But very often the, the um, there's been a demand by voluntary sector organizations t- uh, for much more collaboration with uh, with faith-based organizations. But... In truth, no one's actually done any work to look at whether to see there be any kind of willingness on the part of faith-based organizations, what their difficulties might be in trying to set up such a collaboration, nor, conversely, has there been any attempt uh, from a psychiatry side to, to understand what their difficulties might be in negotiating this kind of partnership. So when it comes down to issues such as you know dealing with some of the um, more supernatural uh, explanatory models of, of mental illness. Um, well, how far would psychiatric services go to accommodate those kind of beliefs? So there has to be some kind of uh, a beginning of a dialogue to try to f- negotiate uh, you know, what the protocol would be for dealing with psychiatric patients with
0: strong religious beliefs
1: and their clergy.
0: And what are your suggestions about that?
1: Ah, uh, no, <laughs> this is very difficult... My, my point is, I think there really needs to begin to be some kind of dialogue. We need to set up workshops with the ministers, the clergy in our area. We need to understand where they're coming from. We need to understand what their beliefs are before we can begin to kind of accommodate those beliefs. But one immediate problem,
0: um, one might envisage arising out of that, yes. is that you would be trawling, in a sense, though, though uh, perhaps inadvertently, for new cases. A, a lot of people... Um, who might have been enveloped within, mm. uh, within a, a religious system might turn out to be mentally ill and you'd just generate work for yourself.
1: Well, vice versa. There may be a lot of people within faith-based organizations who desperately need some psychiatric helper, but having it dealt with in uh, a spiritual way. And, you know, that may not be effective and sometimes it may be downright dangerous. And we only have to look at some of the issues that arose from the Victoria Columbia case to highlight that. You know, I'm not picking on Pentecostals because um, that, you know, that certainly wouldn't be right and especially it wouldn't be right around the Columbia case because there was as much failure of uh, statutory services in, in Victoria's case. But it, it, it seems to me there has to, begin, there has to begin some kind of dialogue and some kind of understanding of what the needs of clergy are. You're clearly passionate about that, but mm. why isn't this dialogue occurring? Uh, I'll tell you why. I think it's money and time. They need resources, and that's of kind of, at a very basic level. At a, at a kind of more subtending level, I think it's to do with um, more secular beliefs within uh, psychiatric services who tend to sup uh, with a very long spoon when it comes to issues around religion and spirituality. And I think, you know, some of those beliefs around the pathologizing uh, of religion, some of the pathologizing beliefs around religion still obtain within psychiatry and medicine generally. And so therefore, you know, uh, people approach this quite gingerly, and uh, I think they, they don't really want to open up a can of worms. But, you know, I think there are places where this dialogue is beginning.
0: Is not one of the problems, a a, a certain, um, an antagonism may be be too strong a word, but a certain weariness perhaps uh, amongst faith-based organizations of dealing with psychiatry, um, not just around the stigma and taboo of mental illness, Mm -hmm. but almost a notion that um, psychiatry is kind of physicalist in its view of human experience, Mm -hmm. that it reduces it to biology and medication, and therefore kind of um, is almost anti-spiritual, that is certainly the stance that a
1: number of the clergy that I talk to have about this. They say, post enlightenment, uh, we objectify the body. Um, we certainly don't look at spiritual elements. Um, we don't look to whole systems. We don't look to the totality of people's beliefs. And you know, again, that certainly is a failure within psychiatric services. Um, but, you know, we all know the pressures that most psychiatrists have in busy inner-city
0: areas. Isn't, though, in a sense that is one of the core of the problems here, this notion of spirituality and spiritual care, the idea that there's a spiritual dimension to people's lives, and psychiatrists are very preoccupied, perhaps with very good reason, in terms of the constraints of their working day with the physical health and the mental health of their, their clients, and they, and they perhaps, therefore, neglect the spiritual health?
1: but your comment is, you're reinforcing my point, is, is that they do neglect the spiritual element, but I think uh, it's not a very efficient way of dealing with people, because if you can't engage with their spiritual beliefs, you're less likely to engage with them as a patient, and they will continue then to go off and look at um, more spiritual interventions in their in their lives. And certainly, some of the studies that we have in the UK point to, um, certainly within the Muslim community and within certain sections of the Christian community, that they're much more likely to spend time with faith healers and clergy and looking for spiritual interventions outside of that.
0: This relates to um, uh, another very interesting um, dimension of the way psychiatrists approach patients, which is they often ask lots of questions in the assessment about many quite detailed mm. aspects of the patient's past life, but they very rarely take what, what could be called a religious history. They very yeah. rarely ask what religion is the client mm-hmm. or um, what, what role religion plays in their lives. In other words, they very rarely take a spiritual history. Mm-hmm.
1: No, I agree. I agree totally that, again, this is, uh, it seems to me, it's another failure um, on the part of psychiatry to engage with the spiritual uh, lives of patients. Um, From previous work that I'd been involved in, uh, I know that many of the patients believe that if they were to talk about their spiritual histories, that would uh, then lend themselves to greater accusations or, uh, how can I put it? a certain underlining of their pathology to psychiatry, and therefore they keep their spiritual uh, faith under wraps. And to me, that seems to be, again, another waste of a good and valuable
0: resource. What's the next step uh, from this paper onwards, though? You've called for um, something to be addressed so how is it going to be addressed and what, what else is in the pipeline in terms of your own writing okay. or, or actions in, in this area? Okay. Well, a, a number of papers have already been published from that
1: study uh, within social science and medicine and transcultural psychiatry. Um, but we're, what we're doing at the moment is uh, planning uh, an, a UK-wide study um, for funding to look at these... Um, the beliefs of clergy more generally—it's going to be more of a survey than the qualitative. It'll lead on from that, but we intend to look at some of the issues around their attitudes to mental illness. About cl- more look at collaboration with uh, psychiatric services, and try to engage much more with their needs. And I think once we've done that, then we build on that. We build on that base then to for the, for the dialogue in a sense. Gerald Levy, thank you very much indeed. Thank you.